The Gospel according to St. John from the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. John records, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep, well, they follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The words of Peter. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. First Peter chapter 2, verse 25. Christ is risen, and he's still the good shepherd. He's a good shepherd all week long, your whole life long, and we were like sheep going astray. Now, what are sheep going astray like? What do they look like? Well, they look like you. You go to church, and there your pastor, a shepherd working for the good shepherd, forgives your sins and binds up the wounds which the world has inflicted on you, and he feeds you with the heavenly food of Christ's blood and his body given for you. 
And then, as soon as you're out the door, you wander off like sheep, back to your sins. The ones you said you were going to give up. The ones you were sure that you had licked, you had kicked, you had taken out to the curb and gotten rid of. You're back in it. But there's a a rocky gorge and a thorn-filled bramble bush and a wolf prowling. That wolf is sin, death, and the devil. And they're just looking for a nice, juicy sheep to snatch right up and to rip, rip into pieces. And we've already heard this week that the good shepherd has come. He's come to rescue you. He's he sought you out by becoming man and being a lamb slaughtered for the sheep. And then he sent his Holy Spirit to bring you back and make you part of his flock. Now this takes place with real shepherds under Christ, your pastor who baptized you. He absolves and feeds you with Christ's word and body and blood. The shepherd has brought you back to himself. Now what does it mean that Jesus is the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. What does that mean? Well, it means that he watches over you. He protects you from all evil, from the devil and from sin, and rescues you from death. He looks out for you by giving you his word and gifts. He preserves you to everlasting life. He is your shepherd because he has laid down his life for you. And you are a part of his church, a a little holy flock on this earth which knows the voice of the shepherd and follows him. Jesus is your pastor. It's his job to protect and feed you. He does it through the work of your earthly pastor, the man that he has called to shepherd you. The good shepherd won't let you go. He loves you, and he has given his life for you. He has risen for you. He will keep you safe forever. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In Luke 13, verses 24 through 25, Luke writes, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, And you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us. And then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. Jesus is the door. 
He says himself, I am the door of the sheep. That's in John 10, 7. You heard it this morning. That's us, by the way. Wild and woolly and in need of a shepherd. We're the sheep. Whoever comes at the summons of the shepherd has free entry into the kingdom. Whoever does not, who doesn't come at the sounding of the voice, the voice of the shepherd, they're barred. The door's closed. You might ask, or you may be thinking, or somebody out there may be saying, well, what about our effort? What do I got to do? Doesn't Jesus say to make every effort? And yes, he uh, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, and that's Jesus himself. Remember? So getting in the door that Jesus speaks of is not about, it's not about moral improvement. It's not about a transformation. It's not about community. It's not about happiness or any of the rest of that stuff. What good are any of these things to those who are dead men walking? Those that are spiritually dead, blind. It is about the offended king who gave his life and blood to open the way into his father's house to those who hate him. And that's us. He was wounded for our transgressions. Say that again. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our sin was fully put upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And all we like sheep have gone astray. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. That's Isaiah 53, verses 5 through 6. It's that simple. Just Jesus and his cross and his blood. And not one of us, God-haters, whom God has repented in faith into Jesus' death, blood, and the cross will ever be damned. None of us. Because he's named us and called us. No need to keep knocking on the door. The way is cleared and the door is open to us. Jesus is our way and our door today and forever. Once again, Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Hear my voice. Did you hear that? Have you, have you ever watched a baby, the baby's reaction to their mother's voice? You have, right? The baby reacts. The baby turns towards his mother and is soothed and comforted by his mother's voice. He has heard her from within the womb and finds comfort and nurture and care 
in her voice. Now, there is a, a doctor, and his name was uh, Shinichi Suzuki. He was a Japanese violinist and a creator of the Suzuki method of music education. And he recognized the importance of listening. Even when we are not aware of it. Imagine that, listening, even when we're not aware of that. I think that happens during my sermons. And that's okay. He stressed the importance of listening to a piece of music over and over to help in learning to play it. Playing the same piece well is aided and has aided immensely by repeatedly listening to it played well. And he even noted instances when children recognize pieces of music in utero. Now the same is true for the pastor's voice. A family that comes to the Lord's house throughout pregnancy will have a child that recognizes his pastor's voice and responds. Like his mother, the infant finds comfort and nurture and care in the voice of his pastor. And even if not from infancy, the more a person gathers around Christ's gifts in the church, the more that he will know the voice of the shepherd, and the more he is nourished and known by Christ, and thus he will follow him. In holy baptism, the good shepherd stretched his hand out over the waters and pulled you to himself. He called you by name, placing his own name upon you, and he brought you to hear his voice. As God's new baptized creature, you recognize his voice through his sacred scriptures, as well as the voice of his servant through whom he speaks to you. Yet, you don't always want to listen. There are many voices out there that are competing with the Lord, aren't there? There are many voices that are competing in, into the sinful mind. Sometimes they sound a whole lot better. In fact, sometimes your own voice, my own voice, sounds better to our sinful self. All right, what do you mean by that, Pastor? American Idol. Anyone remember that? I don't even know if it's really on anymore, but American Idol, and I, and I spelled Idol, I-D-L-E. Whoops. <laughs> uh, anyhow, good, good note taken from your pastor here. But if you remember the show, part of the, the, the wonder of it and the kind of the, you know, the draw in was to see the drama come out as people were selected out of crowds, you know, and there were people that were really quite talented and that there were some that, well, they just weren't. And this went on week after week until finally they got down to a group that was in Los Angeles every week performing. And you can remember perhaps um, 
or visualize in your mind that the contestant stares blankly and dumbfounded. No, I am the best, he or she may think. I am the next American idol, but the judges don't know what they're talking about. Do you remember ever seeing that? They don't know real talent, and in their frustration and perhaps even delusion, the singer is refusing to listen. He or she does not hear the voice of the judge that says, I'm sorry, it's just not for you. They live in their own fantasy, hearing that you're the greatest, you're talented, you're amazing. I wonder if that's from getting uh, participation trophies. I digress. But you and I do the same thing. Maybe not on American Idol in front of uh, millions of people viewing, but in our old Adam. And when our old Adam is winning, we fancy ourselves as great and talented and amazing rather than recognizing the sin in our life. And that really makes us lowly, dumb like a sheep, plain as a sheep. By the way, we're not referred to as sheep because we're so cute and cuddly. It's because sheep ain't all that smart. But Christ, our good shepherd, overcomes the old Adam. Our Lord has saved you, and he knows you. Yes, your shepherd knows you, and it's not just some passing knowledge. In English, we lump it all together with the verb to know. But our German crowd, who is usually here at Reformation Lutheran Church, could tell you that there is a difference between uh, wissen and kennen. Wissen and kennen. Wissen is to know as in to know the facts and, and to know things. And kennen is knowing something or someone with whom you have a relationship. Okay, you see the difference? Now, listen to this. The Lord knows you not simply as an object or a fact. The Lord knows you personally. He knows everything about you. Christ, our good shepherd, knows each and every one whom he has saved and forgiven. He calls out to his sheep, and he leads them, not blindly or generically, but personally and with deep thought and care. For he knows them. Now, for almost 60 years, um, our good shepherd has tended his sheep here at Reformation Lutheran Church in Westminster. And when lambs have strayed, he has searched for them and he has carried them home. And while the church walks through the valley of the shadow of debt, 
In reality, he has not abandoned the lambs or sheep of the church. He hasn't. His rod and staff of his law and gospel will see everyone through the hardship. And the table he spreads will lavish his means and his grace upon us all. Now so? Because he knows. He knows us personally as his own. And we know his voice. And we follow him. So just how do we know his voice? Where do we hear him? Well, the small catechism can tell you. The small catechism can tell you about these means of grace and baptism and absolution and gospel and the Lord's Supper. And in these holy and precious gifts, the good shepherd speaks to us and we hear his voice. He nurtures, nurtures his relationship with us, and he continues to truly know us. He, he brings us to regularly and faithfully receive these gifts, and thus, we are following him. When we hear those words, your sins are forgiven, when we hear those words, take and eat, this is my body given for you. Take and drink, this is my blood shed for you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The shepherd called out, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And he knows the child whom he has called, and that baptized Christian follows him. My sheep, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The good shepherd cries out again and again. He says, I forgive you all your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you are absolved. The sin is gone. You are freed from it. You hear the voice of God that has passed judgment, a judgment that makes you not guilty. And he does this out of love for you. As he truly knows you, and he now leads you to follow him. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me. The most important words that that blessed voice utters each week is this. My body given for you. My blood shed for you. Jesus gives absolutely everything to protect and nourish and nurture his sheep. He even gives himself. And when you hear these sweet and blessed words, you are embraced by them. You are wrapped up in the ultimate and boundless love of Jesus. And you hear his voice, the voice of God's mercy, 
the voice of our good shepherd who knows you perfectly, better than you know yourself. And he brings you to follow him. Now, other voices may clamor for your attention, and others may claim to know you, but your sweet, loving Savior, he is your good shepherd. Now and always, he causes you to hear his voice, and he knows you, and you follow him. In the name of Jesus.